You're listening to K-Squid, Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. Many voices, community radio. This is Story Behind the Story. I'm your host, Clara Shirley Appel, and my guest today is poet Kenny Garcia. Born and raised in New York City, Kenny's poetry is influenced by hip-hop music, slam poets, and Langston Hughes. He's performed it in New York, Michigan, California, and Palestine. Kenny currently lives in Marina, where he works as a librarian at CSU Monterey Bay. Kenny Garcia, welcome to Story Behind the Story. Oh, I'm really happy to be here with you. Well, I'm happy I'm happy to have you. It was great. I saw you at the Monterey Poetry Festival um, a few weeks ago at Old Capitol Books. Uh, and I mean, it was such a great event uh, and such a showcase for local poetry. And so I'm, I'm really glad to have you here and be able to bring that to the audience. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So why don't we start? By having you tell me, where, where did your interest in poetry begin? What kind of poetry appeals to you as a reader and as a writer? Um, you know, I got exposed to poetry as a um, kid. I started writing when I was maybe like 10, 9, 10 years old. Um, I had an older sister. She's um, six years older than me. Hmm. Um, and so by the time she was... Um, in like high school, you know, she was reading uh, poetry in, in in high school. She's my uh, inspiration to 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 write. You know, she was the first poet that I kind of um, heard. Um, so I um, just gotta give a big shout out to my sister uh, Wanda. Um, she's um, and she's she's still writing too. So it's like we she she'll kind of send me poems. I'll send her poems. And so she was my first inspiration. And so I, I would kind of like write here and there as a 10-year-old. And it, it wasn't until uh, high school that I took a, um, a poetry class hmm. um, where we were, we, I actually, um, it was the, for the whole semester, I just re- read uh, poets and we were able to write a little bit in, in high school and get feedback from my high school instructor. And you know we and we she even um, organized some um, class uh, trips to some uh, different poetry sites, and so that that was a really great experience, um, and and so I I just kept writing through college. I um, my uh, I uh, double majored in um, English and uh, history, and my mm-hmm. uh, English degree was a um, concentration in in creative writing. So I was able to take some creative writing classes in in college. Yeah, so that's where I kind of started. Yeah. Who were who some of your favorite poets in those early days? Ooh, uh, Langston Hughes. Wow, there, there was, there's, there's so many. Um, Langston Hughes is the one that kind of sticks out to me the most. And then, you know, it was a, a, a um, class full of Black poets. So it was like mm. I was reading in, in, in high school, I was reading um, Sonia Sanchez, um, Maya Angelou, and Langston Hughes. And that, they, they would be, they, it, that, that was a real in, inspiration for me. Um, and being that, that uh, Langston Hughes kind of wrote about being in New York and the New York ex- experience right. that also kind of stuck to me. Right, because you were in New York at the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you've been writing, like you said, since you were pretty young. How has your style and your poetic voice changed over time? Uh, you know, I I kind of look. You know, I I don't I don't think I've saved anything <laughs> since when, <laughs> when I was writing 
when I was a kid, but um, I think being able to um, take take courses and really study um, poets and poetry and structure um, and different styles um, and 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 also listening to uh, poetry has um, really taught me different things. Mm. Um, I I I think the important part of being a poet is writing, right? Right. <laughs> so mm. uh, I think as we kind of continue writing um, and continue uh, like reading and revising stuff, we kind of pick up things here here and there. Um, you know, one of the the important things that I've kind of learned early on is that we, we need to be reading poetry as, as we write poetry. Um, it's it's hard to to write just to kind of let things out, but I, I think part of the revision and the process is to um, read poetry, listen to other people read poetry, kind of pick up on on style on flow on a cadence and and so i um really learned a lot by just continuing to kind of read and and uh, listen who do you read these days you know i i have a stack of um books that i always carry carry with me um and you know i just i just gotta shout out my csumb colleague uh, daniel <laughs> summerhill um, Daniel's great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm reading uh, Divine, Divine, Divine. So that's the one that I have in uh, front of me. Um, it's just he's a, an amazing poet. So if you haven't picked up Divine, 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 please pick it up by uh, Daniel Summerhill. So one thing that strikes me about your poetry in general is is the specificity of the imagery that you employ in it. We'll talk more about this when you read some of it to us, but you paint a very clear picture of your subjects and of the environments that they're in. I'm curious how you come up with some of like some of those specific images. Is it an iterative process? It, uh, it is for me. Um, you know, some of the um, poets, I mean, the, the poems that I've kind of written, um, uh, some of them are, uh, I've, I've been kind of revising it for a very very long time um mm. for one of them um current title of it is um jack jackhammer love but it, i i had called it something else when i first 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 voted and you know shout out to um the voices of our uh, nation's art foundation um i did a um a writing workshop with them in 2006 it's you know folks usually do it for one week um mm. I did two weeks with two different instructors, um, two amazing instructors, um, Suher Hamad and uh, Willy Perdomo, um, both New York City-based uh, poets, and uh, not just the in- instructors, but the folks that were also in in the writing workshop gave really great feedback. And I, I kind of workshopped it for a, a both weeks, the, um, uh, uh, Jackhammer Love. It was, um, and I and I I still go back to it, right? right? And I make some slight changes here and here and there, and and so I I, I think um, it's it's something that I it's hard for me to say that a, a poem is complete. I I need to learn how to let it go. Like once it's done, <laughs> the part of the uh, imagery 
I kind of just just think about an an image that I just want to reflect um, in the um, poem, um, and I you know try my best to show not tell. <laughs> that's something that I've learned throughout the years, um, and and so that that's something that I'm still constantly working on. But I it's it's usually an, an image that just pops up to my in, in my head that I try to kind of show what it would mean to me. I liked what you said about having difficulty knowing when a poem is complete or when to let go. It it feels like poetry is almost this living creature in that way, right? Like it, it can't end because it can't end as long as it's still alive. Is that uh, is that something as you are sort of approaching this collection that you're that you're releasing in May uh, with Booker Press? Is that something that you've been thinking about at all? Like that these poems have to be finished or that they are finished or you're going back to them? Like what, what, what is the way that you've approached that editing process with sort of older poetry as you prepare for this collection? Yeah. And um, that's a really great question. It's something that I've always struggled with. Um, for me, I, I guess a poem is um, not necessarily complete, but um, finished at that moment. <laughs> um when it's kind of um, put into like paper, because if it's on the computer on a document, it can still be changed, right? Right. Um, and and so, but like once it's like printed and out there, I then it's done to me. And you know, it's it's I I still need to learn how to kind of put things out there and just say you know this is done, um, and not keep going back to it. Um, and then just just keep writing because there's um, a lot more more poems right that 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 we have. I think there's something interesting too, though, because right poetry is not just a written medium, right? Like poetry is performed, it's spoken as well. And I, like you look at sort of the history of like epic poetry, right? Like something like the Odyssey <laughs> mm-hmm. um, was spoken and was shared and evolved from speaker to speaker for so long before it was sort of set down and written. I wonder if that's part of, like, I think that's part of what makes poetry kind of unique and interesting is that it, because it is so frequently spoken, it does, there's not that pressure to have it be complete and done and always sort of crystallized in this one form. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really, really great point. And it, it, it like makes me think about, you know, I, I, um, grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s with um, hip hop music, and folks would kind of freestyle, right? Right. Um, and they 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 would just come up with these um, stories and like images, just um, with without having anything written down. Um, and you know, sometimes though those um, these experiences might be recorded, um, right? And and then they, it might it might be put into some kind of record, but with with like poetry, you know, I um, also grew up with slam poets. Um, you know, one of my favorites is um, Saul Saul Williams, um, and and he's also a, a musician. And I also find that really interesting the links uh, sometimes be between uh, music and 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 poetry. Um, that there's a lot of poets that are also musicians or singers. Um, and it's something that is um, 
it's something that I, I think it's um, really unique to kind of um, spoken word that's, that's a little bit, like, like you said, about the performance. Um, slam, slam poetry, it's, it, it, some folks might not even have it written down. It's just, you know, they're just yeah. performing a, a poem. Um, so that, that, that's, that just, it, um, adds to the, you, like the, 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 um, change in, in the way that folks experience poetry, um, that I feel like just, just adds more a flavor to, to, um, to poetry. Yeah. Well, I think it would be good for us to sort of root our conversation in your actual work. So I'd like to have you read the first of the poems that you've brought for us today. Um, this one is called Anniversary, I believe. And before you do, just let us know, if, is there anything we should know about it? Yeah, so this one, um, I, um, this was a, a poem I wrote for my uh, partner. Um, and, and so I kind of described what was happening at each month. Um, and um, I guess each month is a little different. And mm-hmm. and and so I kind of put in different experiences in there. And so it's called Anniversary, uh, April. I listened to Langston Hughes that night. We spoke. It was music to my ears. And my heart played a love supreme. Lead solo, fluttering deep inside like a sanctuary full of pine, cypress, and eucalyptus, feeling safe and loved again with Langston's April rain song. Let the rain kiss you. Let the rain beat upon your head with silver liquid drops. Let the rain sing you a lullaby. The rain makes still pools on the sidewalk. The rain makes running pools in the gutter. The rain plays a little sleep song on your roof at night. And I love the rain. May. May I come over a long weekend to make love, not war, to capture you in my arms, to kiss your bomb-ass lips, to hold your shaking hips, to smoke through clips, to see you smile with my own eyes. May I come over you. June, we were away, but snuck in time. In between summer flights, I imagined my life with you. Roaming Royal Street, I found a dancing Libra on a postcard. I think of you every day that I'm away from you. July, I miss you even more as I remember your kiss on my lips, wet, soft, and full of love. I want to hold your head in my hands forever. As we chat through unspoken words on the phone, I miss you even more than I realized. August, I love her. In the symphony hall, after Hazel's and before the open air view across the city, I never knew a love like this. Glory, selfie in the night sky, there's a light that shines special for you and me, loving you is loving me. September, 
I sipped brugal over a budded mind as I looked into your eyes. You smiled and my heart was full. Another day with you around the spinning earth, grounded, high on life. I walked with your hand in mine, with my head high. Your smile and my heart spun and swirled high. October, element of my life and soul, that you nourish me full around day, around the spinning earth, skipping over the concrete cracks, walking through the smoke and inhale. We celebrate you. We celebrate life. We celebrate. We celebrate and inhale each other. November. We have become veterans, traveling between here and there and back again. In bed, out of bed, take a shower, in bed, out of bed, eat, and back again. I have found more of you each time. I travel more of you in the palm of my hand, on my lips, traces, on my fingertips. I keep it all, more of you, back again, wanting more. December. You walked with your head high, your name a source of pride, echoes from the speakers to the walls and into your parents' memories. The stories you've told will change us all. The stories you've told will enfold it all. The stories you've told, horcruxes on higher education, help us all survive and live another life. You walk with your head on high. January. Speak, uh, streets spoke to us through tenements and train stations, through pregnancy and pigs, through race and reparations, through family and false identity. We walked holding hands without a care in the world on concrete streets built and rebuilt and built over trains and family and race. The streets speak the stories in each gust of wind. February, your love seems everlasting with care and with adoration, with appreciation. I found you through thick and thin, your lips, your smile, your body, your mind, you. I chose you and you chose me through the words on a screen. I still can't believe you said yes to me. March, Alamar, without the sea. You, you saw me, we've bonded over food, politics, music, movies, television, family, hopes, dreams, ambitions, love, love, love. We will return and eat a la mar and see each other again for more revolutions around the sun with more love again and again. Thank you so much for sharing that reading with us, Kenny. Join KSQD every Wednesday morning for the award-winning program On Being, hosted by Krista Tippett. What does it mean to be human? How do we want to live? And who will we be to each other? Each week, On Being explores these questions with a new discovery about the immensity of our lives. On Being airs Wednesday at 9 a.m. here at K-Squid 90.7 FM. Many voices, one station. If you're just joining me, my guest today is local poet Kenny Garcia whose book Recuerdos and Palabras will be published by Monterey's own Bucra Press in May 2022. So one thing you mentioned at the top that 
is I think very notable is that this poem is structured month by month. And so it, it captures the evolution of a relationship, the progression toward presumably the anniversary in question um, in a series of, of moments and experiences strung together. Tell me about that choice. What were you trying to accomplish? Uh, I think I was just trying to uh, capture the different experiences um, that kind of happened um, that there's something new in that we kind of ex experience. Um, you know, I I hope relationships uh, kind of feel that way <laughs> that we're, uh, we're we're not necessarily always doing the, the same things or kind of um, moving beyond the uh, the kind of the day to day life, uh, but trying to capture um, you know some unique moments that we might have together um, and kind of e each month is a little different and each month might be uh, one of our birthdays. Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of say um, in like August, it, it was, we went to go see um, Common uh, perform mm. at the San Francisco um, Symphony Hall. Um, and, and so just trying to capture these um, like moments that we um, had together. And, and so a part of it was also kind of recognizing that um, at, at, uh, at this time, it was a long, long, long distance relationship. And, and, and so it was a lot of like, uh, you know, I, I, I missed her. <laughs> right. and, and so um, it, was, it was nice to kind of capture the moments when we, when we were together. Um, and the different experiences that that we might have had. I think there's a what's really interesting is the the sense of place or I guess places in this poem, right? Like you have the concrete streets or concrete streets built and rebuilt and built over with tenements and train stations, and you have a symphony hall and uh, Royal Royal Street. Is that what it was? Yeah. How do you see the relationship between your writing and and the places that you've lived or the places that are sort of that your writing is rooted in and how have the places you've been affected the way that you write? Yeah. And so that's, um, that, that's something that, uh, like just to go back to the June part, um, right. I was in, um, Louisiana. What's the main the French quarter Brand city? Yeah, French Quarter. Um, of New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans, yes, thank you. <laughs> so I, I was in uh, New New Orleans for, it was my first time there, and I uh, definitely want to go back there. Um, and they, um, I, I was there for a um, conference, and I kind of was walking with a few folks trying to check out the um, the music scene, and they had a really nice, um, like an outdoor art, art market where um different artists were there um and and so i was just trying to capture my experience of being in new orleans um and um you know i i grew up in new york city um and the um uh, tenements are are always there um and i think it, it was a um, trip that we kind of took together to mm. in, to to that I was in in New York City. Um, so just trying to think about being in a 
place where um, like tenements are really prominent and right. train stations and you know. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a tenement museum in New York, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and you know, just uh, I I was born and raised in New York City, and so um, I really love trains. I love sitting in, in in trains, and there's there's many reasons for it, but uh, that was the time. Um, in in a high school that I would kind of sit and read and write poetry. Mm. Um, and then when I came back from school, when I was um, working in New York City, that's also the time that I took to kind of read and, and write. And it's a great place to, uh, to, to observe other folks too and yeah. see what they're reading. And um, there was, there was always a lot going on in a, in a train yeah I love the way that the portrait of the person you're writing about who I assume is your partner um and the relationship that you have with them it builds over the course of the poem so you were talking about that part in June where you were in New Orleans and and there's this line I found a dancing Libra on a postcard I think of you and then in October we celebrate you we celebrate life we celebrate which is is clearly a, a birthday of what I would presume is a Libra based on the timing yes um and then you also have in october um you're skipping over concrete cracks and in january the two of you are walking holding hands without a care in the world on concrete streets built and rebuilt and built over tell me about the the function of that sort of repetition and those layers here yeah i think it it you know especially with relationships um you know, it's it's um, it's something that we're 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 always building um, from from someplace. Uh, right. it, it's not something that it's inherent in any relationships. It takes work. It takes um, you know we're we're not necessarily like losing something of ourselves, but we're we're not the same people that that we were when the relationship started. And it, it's it's something that we're kind of constantly building and uh, working on. Um, so I, I was I was trying to capture that. Mm. Um, and you know, like you said, you know, when the relationship first starts, there's a lot of still getting to know you, still trying to figure out if this is going to work. Right. <laughs> um, and then you know, over time, it will kind of lead to to something that's a little bit more necessarily more set or more like promising, but kind of there's an expectation that, right. you know, it, it's, it, that it, it's, it's going to continue. Um, and, and it's going to kind of um, uh, do a little bit more um, revolutions kind of mm-hmm. like what, um, oh, and I just, Keep keep going back to the uh, music of of like the of a, a record kind of going oh, yeah. three uh-huh. three sixty um, sure. and kind of the a, a revolution of a song. I like that. I like that. Well, let's let's hear another of your poems now. Um, I'd, I'd like to ask you to read "Belief and Technique for Modern Spoken Word." Um, so this one is. Uh, based off of um, of Jack Kerouac's belief in technique for modern prose, hmm. um, and it uh, again shout out to Avona. Uh, th- th- this is um, 
a, a writing prompt that uh, uh, a Willie Perdomo um, assigned to us, um, where we we read uh, Jack Kerouac's um, belief and technique for modern prose, and he asked us to kind of write in in the similar style. Yeah, pastiche. Yes. <laughs> And so this is a, and this was kind of called a, a, a list of e- essentials. Um, so the prompt was, you know, what, what would be, and it, it was uh, 30 lines. And so what, what will be your, um, what are some important things that, that uh, each, each, each person in the workshop kind of valued? And so this is um, belief and technique for modern spoken word. One, accept loss of lines, stanzas, or poems. Two, amaze blank pages with dazzling words. Three, believe in sun falling and moon rising. Four, blast Warren G's get you down part two over and over. Five, bookmark favorite passage in the uh, dispossessed. Six, bop head side to side to serenades with six-year-old crush. Seven, buy three-foot black book without lines for self-portraits. Eight, call el, el reverendo Pedro's spaceship for a ride home. Nine, describe heart in between lines. 10, eat rice and beans every day. 11, fear silence in memory. 12, hurl rocky words in Palestine. 13, learn driving rules and crash car same night. 14, listen to story of mother passing away to son over telephone. 15, love dead souls and eulogize spirits. 16, mellow out over years. 17, memorize words for first and last love. 18, paint pictures of justice on white t-shirts. 19, plan life revolution light years ahead. 20, poetize wedding bells of humble nature and self. 21, sketch lost one's smiles inside eyelids. 22, smoke weed once. 23, speak to closed ears full of wax. 24, stroke lover's hair before making love. 25, take aspirin for heavy-weighted streets on shoulders. 26, tell child roof jumper to fall. 27, touch your naked body. 28, trace lines on thumbs to palms. 29, walk with ex-lovers, stepmothers, and song covers. 30, watch waves of memories slam against each other on shores of truth. I liked what you said about how, right, like this was an assignment. It was based on a Jack Kerouac poem. And one of the things that I personally get from it is this kind of deconstruction of the idea of, of like influences writ large in general, right? Like 
you can talk about how your work might have been influenced by Langston Hughes or by hip hop or by all these other things. But in a way, this is a list of, again, like these mundane everyday influences. And it's it's kind of saying like all your experiences are what goes into your poetry, right? Like it's it's not just these, you know, this big name or this genre of music or whatever. It's kind of all of those things. I'm curious what effect you think that sort of tension between the sort of everyday influences and this, this sort of, I don't know, like marketing pressure to define some specific influences that you can anchor your work in. What effect do you think that has on conversations like the one you and I are having and on the way that people understand poetry generally? Yeah. And it, um, this is, that that's a really great uh, question. I think a part of my my writing is just something that I learned from um, just I uh, really learned from uh, Suher Hamad, where she she, she kind of said to me um, uh, that um, I should write from um, from my experiences. Mm. Um, it's it's you know trying to bring my whole self into uh, poetry. And it's it's um, it, it, it's something that I always try to kind of lean on. Um, um, you know, my I um, grew up with many different influences. Um, you know, in including you know uh, number eight uh, Pedro uh, Pietri, who's a New York City. Um, uh, New Eurican poet. He was part of the um, New Eurican poetry movement, um, and uh, it was I, I was um, trying to channel some of his poetry here, uh, and and so he's he was like definitely uh, had a big influence on um, on me. But you know, just my just like bringing in different parts of myself in here. Um, right. uh, this was in 2006. <laughs> um, and, and so a lot of it was, I grew up in an uh, immigrant, um, household. Um, my uh, family's from the Dominican Republic. Um, so rice and beans every day. <laughs> uh, you know, I was able to take a trip to, uh, Palestine, so that that was a part of me, um, and you know I was in, involved in um, different community uh, projects, and so was trying to bring some of that out too, um, as well as you know like music and books. Um, that, that 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 was that 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 that's always been a part of my my life and my uh, influence and yeah. just um, kind of makeup. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, and this is true of the of the Kerouac original too, right? Like a, a poem like this that starts with this kind of formulaic uh, structure, right? Like it it reads like a recipe or a how to article in in a certain way. Um, it it's interesting because it really does kind of turn that on its head, right? Like it's it's using structure to kind of deconstruct the way that structure is used uh, in mm-hmm. in poetry and in sort of other forms. Uh, to give us something that is sort of more vibrant that that can't be it's, it's sort of saying right like this can't be collapsed down a person can't be collapsed down or 
poetry can't be collapsed down into these component parts. I think you've talked a lot about like what, what you are sort of going for here in, in bringing in all of these different parts of yourself and sort of, you know, by giving these sort of 30 different pieces of yourself, you are in some ways refusing to sum yourself up. Yes. And, and it's, it's something that that's like, even if we try to, um, uh, compartmentalize ourselves it's it's impossible to do right we, we kind of bring in different uh, pieces of ourselves um uh, you know uh, whether it's you know like what we like to do what we hope to do um you, you know some of our mistakes some of our um you know what what we would want in life it's it's kind of coming all together um and there's definitely more than 30 right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh i think i was just kind of following the uh, structure like you said you know if 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 we had to come up with a list of 30 essential things um and this was uh 2006 so these are like the essential things that i was at that moment and that, that that's something that i've um kind of thought about um, in, in kind of putting this, my uh, collection together in, in that um, trying to bring in um, older poems with stuff that I've most more recently written. Um, and, you know, it's where I was in 2006 is a different place than I am now, but it's still a part of me. It, it, it still had a really big impact on who I am. Right. Um, and, and so, um, again, like you, you kind of pointed out with the, um, uh, the, um, concrete streets kind of built and rebuilt and built right, over, right. um, it's, it, we're, we're still building ourselves in the uh, present time. So I actually want to do a little compare and contrast, um, with this in anniversary, because both of them have a, a pretty linear well maybe linear is not quite the word they have a very clear structure right like they're very set out one two three you know april may june but you seem to be doing two very different things with that structure in these two poems can you talk about that a bit yeah so um you know the the first poem was um was looking at it from a um you know a a, a timeline and so mm -hmm. it, it's it's it it's much more linear and it's much more uh, about the ex experiences at that time where whereas the belief in technique you know like number one isn't necessarily my number one essential thing right um, not prioritized and, no not <laughs> at all um and and so what i tried to do was i actually put it in alphabetical order so um if if the line started with except with a so I, if it goes from a through b through c mm. through to d so there's there's that kind of structure to it but also it's 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 also very um it's not linear in in right. or it, it, it's not ranked in in any way so you're kind of using the ordering to take away whatever hierarchy people might try to impose on it. 
Yes, yes. I like that a lot. The second and fourth Sundays of the month, KSQD presents Faith Matters, hosted by Seth Shapiro. Faith Matters is an interfaith discussion with leaders from a variety of religious and spiritual traditions. The discussion is wide-ranging and respectful, and call-ins are welcome. Tune in to Faith Matters, Sunday evening at 6, on KSQD 90.7 FM and KSQD.org. KSQD. Many voices, one station. If you're just joining me, my guest today is local poet Kenny Garcia. Um, well, I think we have time for just about one more poem. And sure. uh, I think this is one of the ones that you read at Old Capitol for the Monterey Poetry Festival. Could I get you to read Grandfather for us? Sure. Um, so Grandfather, I I wrote in honor of my um, of my maternal um, grandfather who who had passed away. He was um, older in in life, but he had uh, a a few different medical conditions, um, and so one of them was, um, you know, there it wasn't a um, concrete um, uh, like medical um, diagnosis. So there was there was a little bit of you know not not sure if it was what what he had. But um, there were uh, markers that he uh, that he had uh, Parkinson's, hmm. um, and so I um, just wanted to kind of write about what that meant to me and what he meant to me, um, and so this is um, grandfather, orphan child elder father of my mother. You walked through park to watch men play baseball alone. My cousins and I watched you smile as aluminum slapped leather across space sky. This is how I remember you, grandfather. Orphaned by TB mother decades ago, brother days ago, death is daily. Grandfather and tau protein. Metal chair in hand, walk down steps to sit on stoop outside. Projects with cigar in mouth to drink cafe bustelo. Grandfather with amyloid beta protein. Now your eyes stop dreaming of returning home. Stop asking when you will walk through platano tree conuco field. Again, grandfather and amyloid beta and tau protein. When you pass, take time and questions. Leave memories behind. Play one last prank. Pretend you are alive. Dream through my eyes. Remember Konukos and walk with me. See, you mentioned that your grandfather had a couple potential diagnoses, and and there are hints to that in this poem, right? References to amyloid beta and tau proteins, for example. Uh, You mentioned sort of trying to tie them to specific experiences. Can you maybe deconstruct a couple of those references for me? So like when you you say um, death is daily grandfather and tau protein, help, help me understand. 
Sure. Um, uh, I think, you know, he, he, he was a man that grew up in the Dominican Republic. Um, he lost his, um, his, his parents um, when he was a small child. Um, he lost his, um, both his, his uh, parents had uh, TB. Um, mm. and, um, tuberculosis and, yeah. and, and so it's, um, something that's, uh, in, in, you know, coming from a, um, country that, that didn't necessarily provide medical or appropriate medical services or, uh, or access to that from, you know, my family came from what we would call campesinos or, um, country folks that right. farm the land. Um, and, 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 and so not having, um, the appropriate medical services available to them, you know, it's, it's, uh, something that I, I know my family struggled with that, you know, they, both my parents lost siblings, um, at a, uh, a, a young age that, you know, might've been preventable, um, if, if, if they had the medical services that, it is available to folks now. Um, it's something that you know he he survived that right, right. and then but then um, at you know, hopefully folks will reach an an age where um, he he died when he 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 was he was eighty six and so that's yeah. a, a a a really long life. But the the uh, medical conditions kind of really hastened his his kind of his his wellness and 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 so I was um, trying to kind of capture the the uh, buildup yeah. of of like like when a condition of like Parkinson's hits it it it's kind of a gradual. Um, those proteins build up and your yeah. brain, they can't be deconstructed. Yeah, my father has a Parkinson's condition. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's um it's something that you know f- folks are kind of living with, um, but you know it it's it's something that over time um it just kind of keeps building up, um and you know he he was he always had coffee and a cigar. That's, right. That's, that's, that's the other part you say, yeah. right? Like there's this very specific description of him again, of somebody who smokes cigars, who drinks not just coffee, but Cafe Bustelo, who carries a chair with him when he goes to sit on a stoop. And I thought that was so interesting too, because right there is sort of this theme of memory in there and maybe a little bit of erosion of memory um, at the same time as you have this very specific description of, of this person who is obviously very important to you. It feels, yeah, almost like a reconstruction of him, right? Yeah, and it's it's it, it's a memory that his his neighbors had of him too, mm. and and so I I remember attending his um, wake, and there were like neighbors that would be like, yeah, we're we're gonna miss him, um, you know, he he made sure that every day he would take down his he would walk downstairs with his chair. And his coffee and a cigar, and that's what he he did. 
um, every every day and kind of having that routine that your your neighbors recognize you and um, it was it was it's it's something that kind of really stood out to me um, that you know I will always remember him in that way whenever I would hmm. go and like visit him I expected to see him at the in in the stoop. And if he wasn't there, um, he was upstairs eating. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's it's. Uh, I, w- I was I was trying to remember the like the fond memories that I that I had right. of him. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's um, the 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 other um, kind of image was. You know, he's coming from a farming community um, and, and, and then moving to uh, New York City. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, it's that, that, that shock, right, of, of like, New York City is not country. <laughs> right. Uh, and Where are my platano trees? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and and so you know he spent like most of his adult like like young adult and adult life working the fields and then um, coming to the U.S. and you know finding jobs here and there but it, it wasn't not it, it wasn't the same. Um, right. So I, I I think his way of like making sure he had that cigar was you know it's he he's he um he planted and um harvested um tobacco leaves and and so maybe that was his way of kind of like yeah like keeping that part of his life yeah (laughs) yeah can you walk us through the last stanza yeah so that last one um I'll, I'll just say that he's he he was a really big prankster. <laughs> uh, he he's the one that kind of instigated different things, and like he would he would always joke with all, all of the, um, you know his his grandkids and and even his his kids. Um, and I, it's um, you know just. Like a part of it is right is 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 like um, trying to come to terms with like with his death and okay. you know uh, just hoping for that last time that he would play that last prank and and like just remember his like spirit um, you know and he didn't necessarily had a and and he didn't have an easy life. But he he always found ways to find joy in mm. in uh, every day, um, and so so he would kind of bring that to the family by by um, playing pranks. Whether it was um, uh, like waking us up in the middle of the night, um, he he would uh, kind of surprise us and kind of uh, show up at our door. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, like asking if the uh, coffee was ready when he wouldn't necessarily <laughs> just like let us know that he was he was uh coming um and he would just kind of uh like one i i remember one of his like favorite things was just like l- like tapping 
um, someone's shoulder and just like turning away quickly um, and, you know, trying to find that last, you know, uh, I know he's like with us in, in my spirit and we, we my family um, like carries him with us. Um, but I think, um, you know, a lot of my poems have, have to deal with like memory right. and like remembering experiences, re- remembering people um, and uh, trying to keep that, that um, connection and that um, uh, to, to my family and where my family comes from. Um, you know, I still remember walking through Canuco uh, fields, which are just like, it's a, it's a, a Dominican word for uh, kind of like fields um, mm-hmm. where folks would kind of plant different things like um, platanos and uh, coconuts. And um, I, I would kind of walk through these um, fields and it, 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 it would always remind me of my grandparents um, right. and trying to like imagine them continuing to walk these fields and trying to hold on to these uh, memories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting pretty close to the end of our time, but before we do, what can you tell me about the collection that you have coming out in May? Um, I'm um, really looking forward to it. Uh, It's going to be my first um, published collection. Um, So I'm really excited to kind of bring in these um, older poems that I kind of wrote uh, a while back along with newer poems. And, and so uh, like some of it will be kind of New York style. And, you know, so, some of my newer poems are, are going to be kind of, um, you know, uh, tied or related to kind of living in the Monterey Bay area. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm, really like looking forward to it. it's 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 i i hope it'll kind of have that bi-coastal uh impact um because i i i'm, I'm gonna try to bring in different things from uh, different experiences um it's gonna be a short short collection um but um we'll um have more of it out or it, it um should be done in march or uh, May, so I um, yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think you know I just really want to thank Old Capital Books and Abukra um, Press for guiding me through the the um, uh, process and um, helping me uh, edit the uh, collection. Well, Kenny Garcia, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you. To pre-order a copy of Kenny's upcoming book, Recuerdos and Palabras, visit bookrepress.com. Catch Story Behind the Story the first Friday of every month from 5 to 6 p.m. on KSQD 90.7 FM. To share your thoughts on this or other shows, drop me a line at clara at ksqd.org. The Story Behind the Story is produced for KSQD 90.7 FM by me, Clara Shirley Appel. Our sound engineer is Linear Sammons. He also wrote our theme. 